0: Turn to your neighbor and say, it's Pentecost. Anybody here who doesn't know what Pentecost is? I trust that you know what is Pentecost. It's Pentecost Sunday. It is the Holy Spirit poured out upon the lives of the first disciples, first Group of people, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 25 or 50, 50 days, 50 days after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit was given and is one of the greatest events even in the history of the church. Without Pentecost, there would be no church, all right? So we have been talking about the momentum, momentum, all right? And uh, that it started off with the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. And after that, you know, there was uh, a a waiting period. And on the 50th day, uh, the Holy Spirit was given and the church was born. And because of that, we are here today. That's why Pentecost is so very important. We celebrate Pentecost, although many churches do not celebrate Pentecost nowadays, you know right, and they may celebrate Christmas, they may celebrate Easter, but Pentecost, oh, not so important, and, uh, but we are a Pentecostal church, what church are we? Pentecostal church, and uh, there are still a lot of things that we need to learn as Pentecostal church. You know, and uh, there's so much more of the Holy Spirit that we need to allow Him to work in the Pentecostal church. Although we declare ourselves as Pentecostal church, to be honest, there's so much about Pentecost that needs the right to be uh, revived, that needs to be uh, manifested even in our church. But today, we celebrate Pentecost. There was a time when God has promised Right from the Old Testament itself, when He it says, I will pour out, I will pour out my spirit on all people. A promise given. And this promise is very important because without the spirit, we are just as dead men walking. No life, no spirit. And so Pentecost is the one that it really gives us life. And it is the fulfillment of the promise of God. My text today is taken from John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. Shall we read together? One, two, three. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believe in Him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Normally on Pentecost Day, we preach from the book of Acts, or we preach from those post-Pentecost uh, 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 scriptures. But this scripture appears before Pentecost, before even the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it makes it all the more interesting and all the more important for us to understand what is happening here. And if you read John chapter seven verse two, the Bible here tells us that it was the great day, the day of the feast, and it was during the time of the celebration of the feast of tabernacles or the feast uh, of booths in the uh, 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 in Jerusalem in. among the Jewish people in those days. Now, there are three main feasts that are very important in the celebration, in the festivals of the Jews, and that is the Feast of the Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and also the Feast of Tabernacles. What is this Feast of Tabernacles? It is a time of joyous celebration. In fact, the theme is joy. It is so joyous. it is even said, you do not know joy until you know the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booth. It was a time when the Jews will celebrate and remember what God had done for them in the wilderness when God brought water out of the rock. And that's why one of the significant mark of the celebration of the Feast of the Tabernacle would be the daily procession to the, to the springs of Gihon. And after that, they would take a, 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 a pot of water in, 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 a, in a golden pitcher and take it to the temple and pour the water out. And on the seventh day, it's very important, the final day, that's where they will go to the pool of Siloam and take water in a golden pitcher and in the temple again, pour the water out. And as the water is poured out, the people will shout, Hosanna, save us, O God. And it was at that moment, on the seventh day, the final day of the feast, Jesus, the Bible says, stood up on the last day of the feast, the great day. Jesus stood up. Now in those days, rabbis sit down and teach. But Jesus stood up. And he cried, with a loud voice. He cried out with a loud voice. It was very, very dramatic. Instead of the usual, usual priest doing the ceremonies, Jesus stood out and cried, If anyone turns, let him come to me. Wow. And at the mark of the feast, is that of the setting up of the booth. Or ten, if you will, because this is the end of the harvest season. And so, in thankfulness to God for His bountiful harvest, they will set up and live in tents for seven days to remind themselves that this is not, this world is not their home. It's just temporary. It's just temporary. A time of remembrance of their time in the wilderness where they have to move. We're know, from place to place, living in tents. I think it's a good reminder to us, this home is not our home. No matter what bungalow or what great uh, uh, penthouse you are living in. And on the eighth day, they will set down the tent, and after that, they will enjoy the harvest. In other words, you'll find that the day of Pentecost is actually a fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles. Because when the Holy Spirit came, there will be the great harvest of souls. It is a fulfillment. And there is celebration and there is joy. But all these things happened before the day of Pentecost. The Bible here tells us now in verse 39. Now this he said about the Spirit. This is the first time in the Bible where there is an explanation of who or what the living water is. And Jesus says, or or or, or rather there is an explanation here that Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit. And where is the Holy Spirit then? Whom those who believe in Him were to receive. Already the promise was dropped into the hearts of the disciples. Those who believe in Him will receive the Holy Spirit. It is part of the inheritance of the saints, the promises of God. An interesting part, it says, for as yet the Spirit had not been given. Now in the original text, actually the word given is not there. In the Greek, for as yet the Spirit, Holy Spirit was not. The Holy Spirit was not. What does it mean? For as yet, the Holy Spirit was not. Not to say that the Holy Spirit was not around, no. The Holy Spirit has been around. The third person of the Trinity. But it is as if there is the third person of the Trinity, the fullness of time. For the Holy Spirit was not yet. It was not the time for the Holy Spirit to come yet. It is like the second person, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In the fullness of time, then He comes. But before that, He was not. He could not come yet. He was waiting to come. And then, and in the fullness of time, He is. Before the fullness of time, Jesus Christ was not. But in the fullness of time, He was born of a virgin and He came. In a similar manner, the Holy Spirit was not until until something happened. What is that something that must happen first? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Waiting for the glorification of Jesus. And this refers to the Death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then who he who was not is, the Holy Spirit was give, given after Jesus Christ ascended unto the Father. And in, in the fullness of time, oh, the Holy Spirit the, the picture is given here of the Holy Spirit that is wanting to come already, but was not yet, he was held back until Jesus Christ was glorified, and then oh, on the fullness, in the fullness of time on the day of Pentecost, he is, and up to this day, the Holy Spirit is hallelujah! Come on, give the Lord a big hand. The Holy Spirit is. He has been given. He has been poured out and is with us. Those who believe in Him have received the Holy Spirit. And you would have thought that the Holy Spirit, the, the, the language used here also is kind of interesting you know, it says out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. In talking about the Holy Spirit, you would have thought that, hey, the Holy Spirit will be poured into the hearts of the believers. Those who believe him will receive, yes, out of, you know, the Holy Spirit will be poured into their hearts, into their bellies, into their innermost being. But no, it says here, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this immediately shows us the reason why, the purpose why the Holy Spirit will be given. Not just to be poured into our lives, but rather out of our lives, the Holy Spirit will flow. That's why Pentecostals miss it many times. We think the Holy Spirit is just for us. We feel good, we feel warm, we feel, we feel fired up, Charge up. For what reason? So that the Holy Spirit may flow out of us into the world. Oh, there's so much more to talk about here. But from this text, I'd like to talk about the Holy Spirit not as fire. There are many symbols. There are many symbols of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. That's one symbol. On the day of Pentecost, it came down as fire. That's the second symbol. And there was a rushing mighty wind. That is the third, third symbol. In the Old Testament, there is a rain. The early rain and the latter rain. That's another symbol. And that's the that's fourth or fifth one. The anointing oil. That's another one. But one of the common on, but not so frequently talked about symbol of the Holy Spirit is that of water. Everybody say water. Now, that is a beautiful symbol of the Holy Spirit as that of water. The very fact that the Holy Spirit will be poured out, God promised. Isaiah 44, verse 3, even in the, you know, he will pour out water in a dry and thirsty land. He will cause streams to flow in the desert. And he says, and I will pour out my Spirit upon your offsprings and my blessings on your descendants. Isaiah 44, verse 3, that is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Talking about that of water, signifying something about the Holy Spirit that is symbolized as water. And that's what Pentecost is also. So, from this text, I'd like to share on flowing in the Spirit. Everybody say, flowing in the spirit. Flowing in the spirit. When we talk about flowing in the spirit, we are t- also talking about the flowing spirit. The spirit what? Flows. Understand this. The spirit flows. It's a very beautiful picture. The flowing of the, in the spirit. The spirit flows. And that's how he commonly constantly works in our midst. We talk about the move of the Holy Spirit, the flow of the Holy Spirit. A very smooth, gentle, sometimes very powerful flowing of the Holy Spirit as the flowing of the river. The flowing of the river. The flowing of the water from the Niagara Falls uh, or any flowing streams. It's a very, very beautiful preacher. John chapter 7, verse 38. Out of his heart will flow. Everybody say flow. That's right. Say it's Flow. You have to flow. All right? You have to flow. Say it like you are flowing along. For out of his heart shall flow rivers of living waters. What is this rivers? Of living water. Now, water is very important in life, and the Holy Spirit, and it is interesting that you know water, water. is chosen as a symbol of the Holy Spirit because water is everywhere. When the when at creation, do you know that the whole earth is filled with water, and it is only on the third day that dry ground appears. Third day of creation, dry ground appears. But in the beginning, the entire world was just filled with water. And the first thing that is mentioned about the Holy Spirit, there's always the law, the principle of first mention. When something is first mentioned in the Bible, it signifies something about that which is mentioned. And the first thing that's mentioned about the Holy Spirit, found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 itself, You know, God created heaven and earth And then there was the water And then what happens? The Holy Spirit was already introduced And the Spirit of God was moving Upon the face of the waters The Spirit of God was moving Was flowing upon the face of the waters So you find that water is very, very important In fact, at least about maybe 70-80% of our body Is made out of water Yes, we have bones, we have uh, uh, muscles, we have organs, and we have uh, skin. But at least seventy percent of our body is made up of blobs of water. Turn to your neighbor and say, "You are water." Yeah, all right. And uh, seventy uh, 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 and, and most of our organs are just basically made up of water. Seventy percent of our brain is made up of water. of our blood is made up of water. And 90%, 90%, even uh, 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 70% of our brains and 90% of our lungs is actually made up, up of water. So we are basically made up of water. And without water, we cannot survive. But water brings refreshing. A person who is deprived of water All right, uh, it goes into very abnormal behavior. But once there is sufficient supply of water, once we nourish ourselves, we refresh ourselves with enough water, it is a stress reducer. It reduces stress. It removes wrinkles. It helps to reduce stones in the kidney. And a lot of many, many other ailments are solved because of water. The reason why many of us are not healthy enough or oh, 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 it's, not, it's not as healthy as we should be, it's because we do not drink enough water. Doctors tell me, I have to drink more water because I'm high in uric acid. Gout. When you have gout, you must drink more water. So excuse me. Ah. Everybody take out the water. If you have brought some water, come on, take it out and drink. Man. Come on, take it out and drink. In fact, you look at other creation, it is basically made out of water as well. The trees, 70% water. Chicken, KFC chicken, 70% water. That's why the Holy Spirit is that of water because water is everywhere and it is necessary for survival. So very necessary. And then, it is that of rivers, rivers of living water. It is not a stream, it is not a pond, it is not a lake. Rivers is very different from that of a lake or a pond. River is flowing water. The characteristic of a river is that of flowing water, not stagnant water. Pond may be stagnant water. Lake, that may or may not be an outlet, but it may be stagnant water. Basically, contain water. But river is flowing water. And where there is flowing water, there is life. That's why in rivers, there is life. In the sea, uh, 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 in some seas, like the Dead Sea, there's no life at all. And in lakes and ponds, you know, if it is contaminated, there's no life at all. But in in, in rivers, it it produces life. All kinds of of, of, uh, fish dwell in it. It attracts life. In the desert, for example, if there is an oasis, if there is a stream somewhere, oh, all the creatures, all, all animals will flock to the river banks to because it's important for survival. And not only that, rivers also is subjected to constant change. A philosophical observation. In philosophy, they say that you can never step into the same river twice. Because the moment you get out of the water, something changes already. Flowing water changes the the sea bed or or river bed or whatever it is, you find that it's not the same water anyway. And every two or three years the river banks is subjected to flooding and so it changes. And river also is constantly enlarging. In geography, you, 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 you know that there is a river source, but as it goes down, there is the meandering of the river, finding its own path to reach the sea, and ever-growing, ever-expanding. So river is, 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 is very different, even from lakes and ponds. And when it talks about rivers of living water, it's very powerful, church. It is a river. God is giving us a river, not a stagnant pond. One of the key to survival in the desert is don't drink from stagnant water. It may be contaminated. But if it is a flowing river, it is safer. And then it says here, living water. Wow. There are many rivers mentioned in the Bible. In geography, which is the greatest river on earth? Come on, you study geography, right? Well, it all depends on what I mean by greatest, right? So let me rephrase. Which is the longest river on earth? Yeah. It is the Nile River. The River Nile. 4,320, or 132 miles or 6,650 kilometers. The longest. But which is a river that pours out its fresh water into the sea in the greatest volume? It is the Amazon River. 20% of fresh water poured into the sea comes from the Amazon River. And which is the river that is most used by men? They depend upon the river for their commercial activities, for their agriculture, and other things. It is the Yangtze River in China. Yangtze River is the third longest But it is the most well used. But let me ask you, which is the greatest river on earth? The really, really greatest river on earth. Actually, you find it in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 to 3. It is called the river of life. The river of life. You won't find it in your geography book. But Kuala Lumpur is trying to copy that and call. The Klang River, I think. It's a Klang River. They want to make it into the river of life. Beautiful project. But now, not even close to it yet. But there are many rivers that are mentioned. The river that brings delight. Alright, you can just uh, 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 search the Bible and just put in the word river and so many appears. But this is not not an ordinary river because it is a river of living water. Living water? What is that? If I drink from that river, does it make me young forever? The Elysia of youth, that's what people are looking for? No, the word living is interesting. You see where there's movement, there's life, as I have said. River has movement, has momentum, building up. Where there's movement, there's life. But the word living, in the Greek, in the New Testament, it comes from the Greek word "zao." Zao, Translated, it means live, alive, be alive, breathe among the living, not lifeless or dead. And it is real life. All right, Zao is real life, active and just blessed. Living water means having vital power, being full vigor, fresh, strong, efficient, powerful. Living water. Better than osmosis water. Better than kangen water. Better than any other water. It's living water, live. It brings life, restoration, healing. And in the Old Testament, it comes from the Hebrew-Aramic word kai. Kai. Kai in the Old Testament also talks about basically the same thing. Living, alive, green vegetation, flowing, fresh water, lively and when it talks about uh, of a human being lively and active, reviving and renewing. Kai is a very important word. And found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God created man and God breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. Kai. Man became Kai, a living soul. He's alive. Previously, he was dead, lifeless. But now, he is fully alive. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. God says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. They have forsaken me. The spring of living water, the source of living water. They have forsaken me. The living water, the high water. And they have made for themselves broken cisterns that cannot even store water. So God says, I am the living one. I give you this water of life. But this word kai is found in another place or in many other places which is translated differently in the English language. And that is found in the book of Leviticus. Now, Leviticus chapter 13 to chapter 15 is known as the cleanliness code. Have you all heard or have you all used the phrase cleanliness is next to godliness? Is it found in the Bible? No. But Leviticus 13 to 15 is as close as you can get. Cleanliness is next to godliness. And, he, and, 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 and God is giving His laws. All right? When you read Leviticus, all kinds of rules you know, and guidelines and policies, and you wonder what in the world. You see the people have just come out of Egypt. They were in bondage and slavery in Egypt. They do not really know what life is all about. It's just like a parent telling the little child what life is all about. And God is just giving His rules in order to enlighten them about what life is all about. And there are the natural issues. And in chapter 15, it's very interesting. It talks about discharge. Discharge in a woman is called the menstrual cycle and in a man is called the uh, 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 semen. right, Uh, the night dreams and all that. And what do you do? It talks about hygiene. It talks about laws for the health. And in chapter 15, verse 13, and when he who has a discharge is cleansed of his discharge, then he shall count for himself seven days for his cleansing. Wash his clothes and bathe his body in running water. The running water is the same word that's used in Genesis 2.7, Jeremiah 2.13. He says, in running water there is sky, chi, chi living water then he shall be clean. As amazing as it seems to be, as unbelievable as it seems to be, men discover about this law only about 100, 100 plus years ago. About washing in running water. Before that, surgeons were mystified. How come those people that they, were oper- that they operated on, somehow the surgery, the surgery was successful, but people just died? Babies were delivered, mother and baby were healthy, but a few days later, they died. Why? They were mystified. You see, in those days, more than 100 years ago, the surgeons would wash their hands. Yeah, they, they wash their hands, but they wash their hands in basins of water. They wash their hands in the basin of water, and after that, the water will be thrown away. They fill with new water. But it wasn't running water. It was basin water. In other words, all the germs are still there in the basin. From the previous operation, from the previous contact, you wash in the basin, your hand may look clean, but the germs are still there. It's all there in the basin. It doesn't work. And then after that, they begin to discover that, hey, you have to wash in running water. You really wash your hands in running water, then the germs will be washed off, flushed out. Then you are really clean. How many of you like to bathe in bathtub? <laughs> Bath tub, It's not really for bathing. It is for relaxing. Yeah, you soak in the jacuzzi, you relax and all that. But after that, you better have a real bath because all the dirt is still there on you. When you are in the bathtub, the dirt is still there. The germs are still there. You think like you are, you you look like you are clean. But actually, all the dirt is still there. When you go into the swimming pool, make sure after that you get a good bath. The real bath is running water, where you feel the water dripping on you. All the dirt is just washed away, and that's why Kai is important. It's living water, it's running water. There is movement. It brings after after that after you had a real bath, you know, of uh, of uh, of a uh, uh, shower or running water, you feel so fresh, you feel so clean. You feel you are ready to meet the day. Running water. It takes man more than 4,000 years to discover what is in the word of the Lord already. But it's running water. Jesus says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It cleanses you. It purifies you. Oh, it rejuvenates you. It brings life into your weak bodies into your dry bones into uh, your parched soul and that's why it's rivers of living water it is for us it's for each and every one of us and today my brothers and sisters we can live in the flow of God's living water it's fresh it's rejuvenating it brings life to everything that it touches upon You can live in the flow of God's living water. How do you do that? Whether you have been baptized in the Spirit or not, you can receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and let the rivers of living water flow within you. If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, perhaps you have not learned this key of living in the overflow. Living in the overflow. The rivers of living water flowing out from you. What are the keys? How can we do that? Number one, realize the secret. And what is the secret? Read 10 books on the Holy Spirit. Attend 10 conferences on the Holy Spirit. Seek for a preacher to lay hands on you to receive the baptism. No. No. Jesus gave us the one secret to flow in the Spirit. Only one secret. Learn it and learn it well, and you will receive the fullness of the Spirit. That one secret is thirst. Thirst. Jesus stood up on that day and cried out, if anyone thirsts. Jesus didn't even say, if anyone is thirsty. You may be thirsty now, but after drinking water, you're okay already. Thirsty is just temporary, but this thirst is a lingering thirst. You are thirsting for something. You are searching, you are pursuing. You want it so bad. You are willing to do anything, pay any price to quench that thirst. If anyone thirsts. Friends, it's not about knowledge, how much you know the Bible, although that is important. It's not how long you pray. That is important. Fasting and prayer is important. But without that thirst, you will still not receive anything. But a person who is thirsty for the Holy Spirit, Jesus says he will receive it. That is the one key to receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Have you been so thirsty after a game? Oh, you know, you, you, you are almost dying of thirst. You will do anything to get a glass of water. Neurosurgeon tells us when, that when we thirst, signals are sent to the brain. That you can almost feel, that you could almost see, even that thirst within you, and you will do something to alleviate it. Friends, if you have been thirsty, if you, if you have not been drinking for three days, and somebody comes along and says, "Hey, no, I, I got," and, you, and it's cold water, nice cold water in the jug, I want to give to you. Will you take the time and say, uh, "Let me think about it first First, on the theological meaning of water. Oh, will you say, oh, I'm too busy right now. I have to go somewhere first. No. We say we are too busy. We debate on theology. We go into all kinds of gymnastics. Why? Because we are not thirsty. But if you are thirsty, you will lay aside everything and seek for The Holy Spirit. And you will receive it. The Holy Spirit. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. The source of the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Jesus. You don't have to go to a certain place of revival to get the Holy Spirit. Although if that activates your faith, by all means... But that's not the source. The source is Jesus Himself. He says, come. Come to me. In Isaiah 55 verse 1, the invitation is given. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come. Come to the waters. Those who are without money, come and buy and eat. And drink, it is free. Those without money, you can still come to Jesus Christ. But one thing you must have, you may not have money, you may not have influence and power, one thing you must have is thirst. Come, everyone who thirsts, come and take of this water freely. Come to the source. The source is Jesus Christ himself. And one very interesting word here is, let him come. Come into Jesus Christ as the source. And you'll find later in this verse here come, drink, believe. These three words found in this one verse here come, drink, believe. They are all in the present active tense. In other words, keep coming, keep drinking. Keep believing. You don't do it just one time. You keep coming back to Jesus Christ because He's the source of everything. You keep drinking. You don't stop drinking. And you keep believing. Let him come to me and drink. Again, like I say, it's a present active tense. Keep on coming to Jesus. Sometimes we think we are baptized in the Holy Spirit one time enough now already. Thank you Lord, hallelujah. I got it. I got it. I finally I got it. We stopped coming. That's why you're running dry. You stop drinking. That's why. you are not being spirit- filled anymore. One time you were, but you stop coming, you stop drinking. That's a problem. But Jesus says, "Keep coming, keep drinking and keep believing. and you shall flow in a power of the Holy Spirit. Keep on speaking in tongues. Keep on praying in the Spirit. Keep on. Keep on doing it. You have to drink. Not draw water, but drink. Some of us are very clever in drawing water. Preachers especially, we draw water from the Word of God and we feed the people. But we never drink ourselves. We must drink ourselves. And drinking is a choice. You can choose to drink or not to drink. As they say, you can lead a horse to the water trough, but you cannot force the horse to drink the water. Nobody will force you. You yourself must want to drink. Lord, I want to drink. It's from you, this living water. And you take that action of drinking by faith. By faith, you begin to just drink Of the water. It only works if you drink it. That's why the Bible says, Oh, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. You must taste it yourself. How do you know this glad tidings water is good? Have you tasted it? It's good especially after you've been preaching for a while <laughs> mm. you feel the water going down your throat going down into your stomach, oh it's good next time you drink water, you drink anything feel it mmm, refreshing it. How many of you are thirsty already? I hope I can create that thirst in you to want to have that living water. Whoever believes, keep on believing. Don't drop that faith now, don't cast away that faith. The word believe, even, even though you do not see it, believe, keep on believing. Some of us want instant. From the Lord, Second Kings chapter three, verse sixteen and verse seventeen. God says that you must keep digging the trenches. You keep digging the trenches, and He will feel it. You have to check Second Kings 3, 16 and seventeen yourself. You keep digging the trenches, and He says, even though you do not see the rain, even though you do not feel the wind, I will feel the trenches with water, and you shall drink of it, and your cattle and your livestock will drink of it. Even though you do not see the rain, God says, I will feel it. When you come to God, even though I do not see it, I do not feel it, Lord, I believe according to your word, you will give me that water. You will fill me. You will fill my trenches. And we shall drink of the living water. Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Flow. Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. In the ESV, English Standard Version, it says heart. But actually, that's not a very accurate translation. Translation. The closest translation is the King James Version. King James Version says, out of your belly. Belly. Man, what in the world? Out of your belly. Where, where is the source of that flow? That must be the source of the flow, right? It says, out of your belly, your stomach, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now for us, it sounds very strange. We you are now normally... The innermost being of us, we say the heart of the matter. The heart. That's where the translator is correct. It is the innermost being. But for the in the Hebrew mind, in the Hebrew mind, the center of it all is in the belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. We say, I love you with all my heart. It's not wrong to say, I love you with all my belly. (laughs) Try that on your wife and you may get a weird look, and no lunch or dinner for you. But the belly, why the belly? The belly is a seed of the appetite. It is always craving for things, isn't it? The only question is, what what is it craving for? The seed of the appetite. Thirst, hunger comes from the belly. And when you thirst and hunger blessed are those who thirst and hunger for they shall be filled. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit wants to flow in each one of us. But as I said at the beginning this rivers of living water is not just for us. Out of our belly into the world. The Holy Spirit is a very evangelistic spirit given to us in order that we may feed a hungry world, a thirsty world. And I will pour out my spirit upon our flesh. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. One of the first things you will be when the rivers of living water is flowing in you is you will reach out to others with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and make you into a witness. You come to the source and after that you become a resource for others. That the power of the Holy Spirit may flow within you. Brothers and sisters, there is a river within you. You don't have to look high and low elsewhere. There is a river within you. The Holy Spirit is constantly moving and flowing. But some of you say, I don't feel it. I I don't see it. Smith Wigglesworth, who was used powerfully by the Lord, he said almost sacrilegiously for some of us, he said, if the Holy Spirit doesn't move me, I move the Holy Spirit. Wow. But he knows the Holy Spirit always moving. He doesn't have to move the Holy Spirit at, at all. He knows how to flow with the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is not just to fill us, but He wants to flow in and through us. And amazing things begin to happen when we flow with the Holy Spirit. Your life will be different. Amazing things will begin to have, happen. Live miracles. The gifts of the Holy Spirit flow within you. You are released to move with God, to do what God wants you to do. To be an instrument, to be a conduit, to be a channel of the Lord. Not a container. We are never meant to be a container. We are never meant to be a container. We are meant to be a channel, a conduit of the power of the Holy Spirit. We are never meant to be a reservoir We are meant to be rivers of living water flowing out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And amazing things begin to happen in your life, in your business, in your relationship, in every area. When you begin to yield to the Holy Spirit and let God have His way, He will lead you, He will guide you. He will speak in that still, small voice. He will arrange things in the right place, in the right time. He will just open the door, live and flow in the Holy Spirit. Not just on Sunday. Because the rivers of living water is within you, not in the church building. When you go back, the rivers of living water flow within you. Live in the fullness of the Spirit. And you begin to see the miraculous and the supernatural in your life. Things that you never imagined possible will begin to happen. When you learn to say yes to God's yes, no to God's no, and just allow God to be God in your life. That is the Christian life. Filled with the Holy Spirit overflowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. We sow, we sow then, The spirit flows. So these five areas to live an overflowing life. Let our prayer today be flow. Let the river flow. Hallelujah. Let the river flow. Flow, spirit, flow. Let's pray.